1: Good morning, Shannon. Good morning, and welcome, all of you, to Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. I'm Shannon Penrod, and I'm Nancy Allspaw
2: Jackson. Hey, we are kind of matching. You mentioned
1: that. I, we said we, but, we, but I'm, I, I want to bring up because I have a little visitor who's here with me, and he was so
2: quiet. I
1: did a, a two-hour, I did a two-hour talk this morning, and he was so quiet. He's here uh, in the studio with me. I this have mine Ch- too somewhere. This is cheese and he's saying hello. So he just came over, he got a drink, which you could hear during the, uh, the opening. And then he decided to come over and give me a foot lick because he's oh. a foot footlicker foot from way back when. So this is cheese. Um, I know just a minute ago, I had, when we were getting ready, I saw a big snout in the corner of
2: your screen. Right, that was Casey, that? Casey.
1: Oh, Casey, it looked like a
2: big snout. Casey's yes, just a little... it was, That's because she was close up, up to the screen. Oh, I see, I see. I don't know where she jumped off to. She's around here somewhere.
1: Well, you're looking lovely today. You look all rock star um, today. Oh, wow. Uh, Thank you. You do. And um, we're we're going to, we just want everybody to know we're going to be with you live for the next hour. And uh, we got a lot of stuff that we're going to talk about, including some in the news, although my in the news has not arrived yet. Uh, but we also have a great guest that's joining us today, a regular on the show. Vince Redmond is going to be with us in a few minutes. He's a licensed and marriage family therapist. So we love having the opportunity to talk with him. And um, today we're going to talk about uh, with Vince about the things that are hard to talk about with our kids, which there's a lot of things that are hard to talk about with our kids, aren't there, Nancy?
2: Definitely. A lot of topics that Are difficult subjects to broach, and you know, we can use Vince's advice on how to get into some of those. And the reason why
1: I suggested that we do that this week is that I've had a lot of emails um, this week in particular about, you know, how do I talk to my teenage child about their diagnosis? We want to disclose, we we have not used the A word, and we want to use the A word and make sure that it goes well. I'm having my news arrive. Thank you very much, appreciate you. Uh, Thank you, kind sir. Uh, (laughs) That would be your husband. I have production uh, (laughs) assistance. But but yes, because I can't print. And so my my son will print and my husband will deliver it, which is very fun. Um, But yeah, so we've had several people who've written and asked, how do I tell my child on the spectrum that they're on the spectrum? Um, But we've also had uh, a lot of people. I want to remind everybody that tomorrow we're having... The virtual memorial, we're hosting it. Um, Autism Live and CARD together, we're hosting it tomorrow. So please register. Uh, you do have to register in order to get the password to get into the meeting, but it's free and everybody is welcome. You but, didn't uh, mention it's for Joanne Laura. Oh my gosh, how did I leave that out? It's for Joanne Laura. Um, tomorrow, the virtual memorial. And we're encouraging people to come. And if you feel it's appropriate to bring your kiddo, if your kiddo knew Joanne, Uh, and was a student we think it's absolutely appropriate material for for them as far as I'm aware and um but many people have written and said I'm having a hard time explaining that they're not going to be able to see Joanne anymore um as well as other people who didn't know Joanne writing in because there's been a death in the family recently and and they don't know how to explain COVID, and that some people die from COVID, and but you don't automatically die from COVID. So mm-hmm. we've had a lot of people writing in saying, "I don't, I don't know how to have these tough conversations." So I thought um, it would be worth our while to have Vince address that um, with us and with uh, the folks that are watching. But it occurs to me, Nancy, I haven't said that. Excuse me. Um, The show is meant to be interactive. We wanna hear your thoughts and feelings and questions and concerns, not just for Vince, but also for Nancy and and myself, but you can also write in questions that we can be ferrying to experts on a different day. Um, But there are lots of different ways to connect. Right now, you might be watching us live on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter or on our homepage or on Facebook Live. Uh, You can watch us live in all of those places. we are Monday through Friday live right now, um, which has just been so much fun. And um, if you wanna watch us later on, if the live hour is not conducive to your work schedule, we are still available in all those places later on recorded, but we are also a free download, uh, a free podcast on iTunes, on um, Deezer, on Spotify and on iHeartRadio. So all of those places, but don't forget autism-live.com is a great place to go so that you can look at all of the videos that we've ever done. They're archived very neatly in different categories so that you can search uh, by a topic or a title or a person and be able to find some great interviews that we've done over the last eight and a half years. So uh, please, you know, partake however um, suits you. But uh, you've, been
2: Nancy, half, you've been doing the show for eight and a half years. Yeah, really. I didn't realize it's been that long.
1: Well, and so you started with us doing this, uh, like six months in. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Eight, eight years, that, eight years that you and I have been doing this, Nancy. Wow. That's amazing. So, and you know, at some point, uh, hi, Kamal. Um, at some point we should, cause you know what they do with presidents, you know how, uh, eight years age is a president at some right. point we should pictures up of us when we started. Of course, people don't have to go far. The opener still shows me eight years ago. Right, right. And, and I look like a different person in a different era. I look like the difference between being, uh, you know, my daughter and being my grandparent. Uh-huh. That's how <laughs> I think it's all, uh, oh, right. Ah oh, cheese, good doggy. Cheese is a good doggy. Thank you for writing that in. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, you didn't realize it had been eight years?
2: No, I sure didn't.
1: A lot of lot of water's gone under this bridge, Nancy.
2: Yep, sure has. It
1: is. I mean, come on, it's it's you know much different than it was eight years ago. But uh we we keep on ticking. So there are eight years worth of videos to go back and, and look at and see if you like what you see. And there's gotta be and Amanda says, Yep, I've been watching since my son was three. Amanda, I can't, like you said yesterday that you wanted to meet, I can't, we have not met. Why do I feel like we have met? Um, I I I thought that we had met, Amanda, have we not? And if we haven't, we got to work that out. I mean, not during social distancing, but at some point we got to work that out. Um, I'm not usually in hiding. I just am in hiding during this period of time. <laughs> but anyway, we're excited to be here with you. We usually start our, uh, our Let's Talk Autism with some news. You ready to do some news, Nancy?
2: Yeah, let me look my news up here.
1: Okay. so our first story is about uh, the National Institute for Health uh, that they are um, letting us know. Uh, And I don't know why this just came back up now, um, because it's, it's not new news. But I had not seen it before, and I thought that it was really interesting that in late 2019, they decided to give grants $19 million. That's Um, a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And that they decided to give the grants um, specifically to, I think it's six different organizations for studies about early detection and treatment of children with autism spectrum disorder Um, because early detection and early treatment are a great way to optimize outcomes. Yeah. So, and I can hear a bunch of people screaming and going, yeah, but what if you miss that window? But in the future, wouldn't we all like, I mean, Nancy, I I would give anything to have back the six months where we weren't, we weren't attempting to do anything because we didn't think we didn't know that our child had autism. Like I would just love, and then there was, so there was six months where, where a, uh, a pediatrician should have diagnosed him, but didn't from the first time that I went to the pediatrician said, I think something's going on. There was six months until when I got the diagnosis. And then it was six months from when I got the diagnosis to when we started ABA.
2: I would like to have that year back. Well, and I, from, had, I had two years wasted.
1: And, but and I know there are people watching who've had 10 years wasted.
2: mm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Um, so uh, you know, and as much as we want to focus on where we are now, and I think right. that's super important, we also want to leave a legacy that it's not the same way for a family down the road. So six different ways that they, um, that they have granted, um, money to, and I, I kind of wanted to just take a second and go, oh, excuse me, it's seven. I kind of wanted to just go through the different studies because I thought it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, do you want to go every other one?
2: Do you have that same page?
1: Yeah, I had the same page. Okay, so do you want to take the first one, the community viable?
2: Yeah, the grants awarded include community viable screening for ASD in nine-month-old infants using quantitative eye tracking assays of social visual engagement.
1: Isn't that amazing? <laughs> um, like to be able to
2: tr- use eye tracking to figure out, gotcha. I like I think. In this study, researchers will measure the ability of an eye tracking based assessment of social visual engagement performed during children's nine month well child visits to screen for ASD and other actionable developmental delays.
1: uh, These give me hope. So the next one is validation of social communication checkup and autism risk indicator in the first year of life. And this will be out of Florida State University. The goal of this study is to validate the effectiveness of a new automated online screening tool which is called the social communication checkup. So it's called the SOCO to uh, screen for communication delay and, and autism at well child visits at 9, 12, 15, 18, 21, and 24 months of age. So they're going to do it and they're going to see how accurate it is because when our kids were diagnosed, there were supposed to be um, either the CARS or the MCHAT that was supposed to be done, I think, when they were two years old, and already that's like, that's like late, and then good luck if it actually happened. Um, so, uh, I like that one. You want to take the next one?
2: Yeah, novel approaches to infant screening for ASD in pediatric primary care. The overall goal of this project is to develop and validate a novel screening tool called Sense to Know for use in a primary care setting. This tool identifies risk for ASD in infants based on patterns of attention, orienting, effect, vocalizations, and motor behavior.
1: Very good. Next one is neonatal cry acoustics and neurobehavioral characteristics as early markers of risk for autism spectrum disorder. Uh, this is out of Rhode Island. It's the project seeks to identify children at risk for autism in infancy by developing and validating a novel tool/process that analyzes features of crying and neurobehavior that preliminary evidence has shown may be atypical in the infants at risk for autism. You know, how, like right around when our kids were little, Nancy, they had that thing where they came out and they identified that kids don't just cry; they have very specific cries, like one cry right. for when they're hungry. Well, now seeing that if these things are different, that it could be uh, an at-risk thing for a diagnosis
2: of autism. Go ahead, you want to take the next one? Um, Novel video-based approaches for detection of autism risk in the first year of life. In this study, the researchers Aim to investigate and validate the video-referenced infant rating system for autism, a brief web-based instrument that utilizes video depictions rather than written descriptions of behavior to detect signs of ASD.
1: Interesting that a lot of these are trying to target younger than a year. I find Mm -hmm. that fascinating. Okay, the next one is novel computer vision-based assessment of infant caregiver synchrony uh, as an early level two screening tool for autism. See, this is where they would have caught Jem. Uh, and this is out of Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, CHOP. Um, this project tests a new method of screening for ASD in infancy by detecting alterations in the dynamic social coordination between infants and caregivers during brief play-based interactions. Very
2: uh, Why do you think this is
1: where they could have caught gem. Because uh, Jem was typically developing and he was speaking and he was vocal way earlier Mm -hmm. than he should have been, but he could not, um, for instance, I was breastfeeding him and they tell you that when you're breastfeeding, you've got the baby there to make eye contact with the baby. But every time I would make eye contact with him, that was it. He would stop sucking. And we were concerned about his weight because he was losing weight. and, And eventually I was told... Uh, Well, don't. Don't make eye contact with him. Let him just feed and make eye contact with him other places. But we discovered that there was something about, you know, when I'm speaking, he still has a hard time. Like I said or did something the other day. And and like for him, it's just different. The sound of my voice grates on him. (laughs) So, um, so He just has a harder time. And I don't know whether it's because he had the voice in the womb or I'm just so entrancing but it's like he can't listen to me and do other things so and I would say to them why can't he suckle and look at me doesn't that seem odd and they were like no it's fine it's nothing just don't worry about it let him eat but it was a thing it was a thing uh okay so you want to do the last one
2: yeah development of a telehealth screener and assessment for infants at risk for ASD in diverse communities. The goal of this project is to develop a telehealth screener to assess infant early ASD symptoms that will improve families access to specialized screening and decrease the significant wait time for an expert evaluation. Because we are hearing every day about people who are waiting, waiting, waiting
1: to get diagnoses. Um, We've got folks who are saying hi from Egypt um and somebody said that we still look great nancy oh thank you that's so kind of you uh and somebody else says i lost a year from when testing was started to when we started treatment yeah i really honestly think that uh it's funny this morning i was just doing a a a two-hour talk um for people who are just getting into the field and and i was saying you know I, i i feel like uh, it was such a hard thing getting started when we got started, and I don't feel like there's been any improvement uh, in that in 16 years. And I like, know, and
2: I wonder why that is.
1: Well, I, I have my theories about it. I think part of it is, is that it's, it's convenient for insurance, um, because if it takes you three months to get started, then that's three months that you, they didn't, you, know, you didn't rack up any bills, um, but that's the wrong way to look at it. If insurance is looking at it that way, sometimes it's not that insurance is evil. It's just that, you know, it comes with a whole lot of paperwork, they're a paper mill insurance. Yeah. Uh, we, we have another person who's writing and saying hi from India. Mm. I
2: love that. Thank you guys. Um, Shannon, so did, you through, did you go through regional center when you first had Jim diagnosed? Um, you know, we, we
1: went first and got a private diagnosis and right. then went regional center to corroborate, Um, which is not the way that everybody does it, but it was, I didn't know that. I didn't, like, I called regional center on the first day, and um, they, they were like, well, we'll have somebody call to do a phone assessment with you, but I think somebody said to me, this would be much easier if you just already had a diagnosis, and I, fortunately, we were with Kaiser, and with Kaiser, you know, it was part of our plan that we had access to developmental pediatricians, so it didn't cost me anything. Um, for a lot of people, it's like this big cost thing, um, but for us, it was it was the most cost effective thing for us was to get the diagnosis, and it was actually faster. It took us three and a half months to get the appointment with Kaiser, and I might have paid a copay of twenty dollars for our assessment. Um, and, you know, there are people who are paying $5,000 and waiting t- two years for an assessment. Mm-hmm. So well, you know, I, really, I really lucked out. But, but then we went to the regional center and everybody was afraid that we weren't going to get corroboration from the regional center. And the guy was like, oh, no, this kid definitely has autism. Um, so what about you? Did you start with the regional center or did you go private? Yeah,
2: did not start with the regional center, started with a private clinic that did an assessment and said that he may be on the autism spectrum. I wasn't satisfied with what they were telling me. Went to uh, the school district because he was had just turned three, and they sent a psychologist to evaluate him. And he was diagnosed with PDD-NOS, pervasive developmental disorder, non-specific. And that school psychologist erroneously told me that regional center covered everything that was well, everything that was not educational She said things like, um, oh my God, she she said things like gymnastics Mm. and, um, you know, leisure activities. And so I didn't go to regional center until he was four and then he was diagnosed with autism. And then I heard about CARD and it took about nine months to get CARD services. And we paid privately in the beginning. So I lost two years. Yeah.
1: And I, you know, I think for the parents that are out there watching, you know, those, it's hard to put those years down. Mm -hmm. Like we revisit them like an old wound, right? Like an old bruise. Right, Right. And, and sure. Like in the middle of the night, there's, there's always times when I go, where would we be if we'd been able to start a year earlier? like where where would we be now the better that jen does the less i focus on that but there were years where that was my every waking moment was oh, lost my, a year
2: lost it's a year. my every waking moment and
1: i think it is for a lot of people nancy and i think um you know uh i was i was saying this morning to this group that i was talking to i said you know i'm really lucky in so many different ways but one of the ways that i got lucky as quickest was that i um i For a long time, I was in the, why does my child have autism? Like what happened? And there was a day when I was like, I I don't know why. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get to know why. And uh, so I'm going to stop. I'm going to retire from that debate society. And I'm going to deal, I'm going to just deal with what can I do about it now? Because it was making me full on crazy. And I feel like a lot of people are function in that space of still trying to figure out why. And I always... Like, I don't want to say that I don't think that that's fruitful. I think somebody's got to look at that, right? I just knew I couldn't do it and do what I needed to do. But I I feel bad for parents that are stuck in any other moment than this one. I understand it. Um, But it's like, no matter what you, no matter what I do now, I'm never going to get that year back. I can work on it so that somebody else doesn't get it. And this morning I was sort of feeling that call to action. Like we need to do something about that. We need to take up that mantle for the families, but I have to stop beating myself up about it. Do you feel that way too, Nancy?
2: Yes. um, I definitely feel that way. I, the shoulda, woulda, coulda plays a strong role. I mean, when I say I lost two years, I really lost three years because he could have been diagnosed it too and that was a year spent in denial and just not dealing with it from two to three and then of course i i covered what three to almost five was like and the running around of, of getting the proper treatment first it's the runaround of getting the diagnosis then it's the run around getting the correct oh. interventions so well, and I, even
1: then you don't arrive, then it's still like trying to get to the, it's always trying to get to the next thing, you know, there's no, there's no arrival. Right. Um, things get better when you've got services in place because you have more hope because you can see your child progressing, but it's not like you get to go, Ooh, okay, hey, I'm going to let Vince in. For some reason, I have the the ability to do that today. And I'm gonna let him in. We didn't get through all of the news, but I think that this is an important conversation. We can go back, we
2: can go back to the news.
1: Yeah, we absolutely can. Uh, but I think it's an important conversation for Vince to be a part of, but I, Vince, are you there? Do you wanna unmute? Hey, yeah. um, there is Vince Redmond. And uh, I wanna want remind everybody, Vince is a licensed marriage and family therapist, but he has sort of like extra, extra asterisks after his name because Vince started out as a behavioral therapist doing ABA. So he has, man, what, two decades of experience working in the field of ABA?
0: Almost three, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, unfortunately, because that's dating myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that earlier that we've been doing the show for eight years. We couldn't believe it.
0: Wow, that's true. Wow. That's yeah. What it seems. goes by um, fast, huh? It does. Yes, it does. It does.
1: Um, And I just want to say somebody wrote it and said, I've been watching you ladies for years. Our son is eight now. I can't tell you how much you've helped our family throughout the years. I love that. And uh, somebody else says, I'm with you, Shannon. uh, So to fill you in, Vince, what we were talking about is that the the NIH has given a bunch of grants um, to try to get to early diagnosis to seven different areas that they're going to try to get to focus on potentially getting diagnoses before a year. And we were and I, I we were both saying um, that we it weighs on us how much time for me it was a year from when I believe he could have been diagnosed to when he started services. And I from time to time I think about that year. Nancy was saying for her that it's somewhere between two and three years. Three years. And we, yeah. Wow. And we know that there are people with us that, you know, I I know parents that it's more than a decade and how we grieve that time. And we kind of beat ourselves up sometimes over that time. Um, I made the decision that I had to stop thinking about why he had autism and what I did wrong so that I could be in the moment. And one of our viewers said, I'm with you, Shannon. I had to get away from why and what level of autism. I I moved on to who cares? I need to help him now. I I need to learn everything I can. I need to just move forward. And that's, that's where I got myself to, That doesn't mean I was there every day, but that's where I tr- that's the lane I tried to stay in. Um, because, and I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't because I like had it figured out or anything. I made that choice because otherwise I was going to lose my mind. And I, I did have a nervous breakdown because I was like, I, you know, I'm screwing this up and, you know, I couldn't, couldn't leave the house, whatever. And to get back on track, I had to stay in the present. So it wasn't some great evolved, oh, look at Shannon, she knows what she's doing. It was sheer desperation. Right. Uh, but Nancy, you were saying that sometimes you still struggle with the why.
2: I do. Um, I think because of where Wyatt is now, I mean, he's still firmly on the autism spectrum. And um, you know, for, for me, um, he didn't make the gains that I had hoped he would. And so I tend to go back a lot to if only, if only. And it does drive you crazy. I try to avoid going there, but it's hard not to go there sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, to replay the past and replay why wasn't I more in tune or why didn't I do this or take that road? But you know, we take the road that we take the road we take. and ah, we've gotta, like you said, get a handle on it and look to the future and look to the present. Um, it doesn't do any good to go back and beat yourself up. Beating yourself up does no good whatsoever.
1: Isn't it funny Vince? I like, I hear Nancy saying this and I know that I have had this conversation with myself where I'm like, why didn't I, like, why didn't I know to do X, Y, and Z on this day? And I will talk very harshly with myself about that now. And and I will still, now I will say, you're not going back, you're not doing that again. Make sure you do. But But I will speak very harshly to myself. And I hear Nancy say that and I'm like, gosh, Nancy, like what were you supposed to be? Like some medical expert on the, like you'd never had a child with autism before. Like, how were you supposed to know? There were no billboards. Nobody was saying anything. Like how on earth would you have, I'm much kinder when I hear somebody else saying it. And I know you, Nancy, when, when we've been around a young mom who's like saying that and like, I should have known a year ago, you're like, oh, honey, cut yourself some slack. Mm-hmm. So it, why do we do that, Vince? Why do we beat up on ourselves but we, we would say to somebody else, no, that's like, nobody would have known.
0: Because it's our kids. We're emotionally involved. It's our, it's our parental responsibility to make sure that we do everything we can to make them okay, even unrealistically, right? Yeah. You know, the first thing that I was thinking of when I was thinking of you two and in how you're express, you know, how you were were feeling when the kids were diagnosed compared to, you know, even now when when you start thinking back, right? Remember, we have a lot more knowledge now. Yeah. And oh, you're yeah. you're putting the lens of who you are now on the lens who you were. 14, 15 years ago, right? Yeah. Completely different ladies, completely different mothers, completely different situations. We didn't have the training, the expertise, the amount of, of uh, exposure, amount of uh, you know professionals that are even trained now um, back then. So you were getting a lot more flooded at that point with contradictory information than now, right? Doctors that didn't believe it, doctors that were saying he'll grow out of it. Um, you know, school districts that said, no, you know, we got this taken care of, you know, and yeah. so forth. I think it, you still there's still some of that nowadays, but not nearly as much as it was, you know, 15, 18 years ago when, when your boys were very small, when, you, when they were getting diagnosed, right? So sometimes I think we inadvertently, and we don't do this by, you know, by, by thought, we, we're applying what we know now and asking why didn't we know that then? And that's not fair. That's not fair to yourselves because a, it wasn't there, it wasn't present. You didn't have the you know twelve you know to eighteen years of now experience knowledge, um, you know in education. So like you said, we're doing ourselves a disservice when we use the lens we have now to critique who we were back then because it's you know really it's apples and oranges at that point. But in our heart, it's because. We feel that that if we would have done something different, there would be a different result. And we all know logically that it's not true. It doesn't, it, you know, there's no crystal ball. But emotionally, we're always, and we still will, that will never change. Continue to do things for our kids in hopes that it's for their betterment, that it's going to help them. It's going to keep them safe. It's going to keep them, uh, uh, you know, uh, more adaptive, you know, more, more, connected with, with everybody around them. So I think we have to look, you know, it, it, coming from an outside look, we have to look at, you know, who or what lens are we looking through? And is that fair to ourselves? Right?
1: Yeah. I love, is it Maya Angelo that had the phrase about, you know, we, we did what we did when we knew what we knew. And when we knew better, we did better. Yeah. And I think that that's that's very true. I want to read some of the things that people are writing in uh, the mom who said that, you know, she she had to be able to move on and move forward. She said, uh, but to you, Nancy, I have days of my own where I have meltdowns, but but I can't stay there. She mm-hmm. just wanted you to know that. Right. And then, um, somebody else said, I have no issues blaming the doctors. They didn't even mention the word ABA. And I think we've heard those stories. Right. And then another person who in, refer, in reference to the NIH, because if they can get it to where they can diagnose before a year, um, it'd be great, right? And they said, wow, that would have been amazing. Our son was diagnosed at two and we had to push hard for that. At one, he would have made so many more gains, brain development strongest in the first three years. And, and, and I don't want you to know most of us are like, look at you, you. you're you're like hitting it out of the park. Like that's amazing because right now, you know, it's funny. We were just talking about this this morning that a couple of years ago, the average age of a, a child on the autism spectrum when they were diagnosed was age seven. And then a couple of months ago, Dr. Pichet said to me on the show, she was. She said, do you know what the average age is for when? And I said, well, it used to be seven. And she said, no, it's four and a half. And I was like, wow, that's an improvement. And she said, don't you dare celebrate that four and a half is terrible. We need to get that closer to two. So um, you're doing amazing. Two is,
0: two is fantastic because that that is when you can really see the, the longevity of the delays, of delays, right? I think everyone can say that at about one or, or just after one, we might be able to start seeing some delays. But yet, it's not necessarily fluid yet. We haven't had too much developmental milestones to kit to be able to record it and see. Um, but like you like you were saying in the new studies, we're starting to come up with more milestones, different different uh, markers to look at, different you know uh, uh, checkpoints. But yeah, two, in my experience now, I'm you know, speaking of 26, 27 years, 27 years of experience. Um, I would say two is, is a champion. That is fantastic. We
1: it's know true. for sure that We're two is that a great place. Yeah.
0: We're not that far behind. We got yeah. a lot of, a lot of great treatment technologies, understanding um, abilities and treatments to be able to really yeah. jump on that right away.
1: Get that ABA and get your full prescription, force them to it give you 40 awesome. hours at two, because that's that's the ticket. That's so cool. Now this wasn't even the topic, um, but we just got, you know, okay. we obviously, we, we tripped onto something yeah. that was, <laughs> yeah. But our topic for, we invited you this morning to talk about when we need to have the tough conversations with our kids and there's lots of tough conversations. And the reason why I asked for this is because we've had a lot of emails in the last few weeks um, I, I can think of two emails where people um, started, they said, you know, we've got teenagers and we're, we need to have the talk with them about their diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And um, that that's a tough conversation. So do, and then there's other, t- other conversations that are hard too, that have come up. We just have had a lot of mail about that. So should we start with that, you guys, about how do we talk about diagnosis with our kiddos? Yeah, that's sure. a good one.
0: Sure. I, for me, the first thing is, is making sure that the parents are on the same page, right? It's con- first communicating with each other. What are the expectations? What what do we want to what, what information do we want to uh, uh, want them to know, right? It's not just about a label. It's not just about a name, right? Yeah, we can say, okay, you're autistic, but that's not that means nothing, right? There's no there's no understanding to that. So, par- you know, parents and, and caregivers. And this could go to some extended family too, maybe older siblings, grandparents, aunts, and uncles, whoever really caregiving and overseeing, because we want the message to be consistent. We want the, the information to be consistent. Um, and then, now, once we have that, once we have that consistency and we, we all understand kind of what, you know, what we want them to understand, what, what knowledge we want them to know, then it's good to start talking to them about it, you know, sitting down. This isn't a one-time sit down, here's your talk, we're done, right? This is gonna come over time. Sitting down, asking them, do you have any questions? First open up, ask them, because they probably do. They probably do, you know, ask for questions. Have you noticed anything, you know, you're in high school now, do you notice anything different about the kids from high school than middle school? You know, see if they start identifying differences. See if they start bringing up social concerns. See if they start bringing up um, different, you know, maybe uh, uh, processing issues that they may be having. You know, high school is very fast, lots of knowledge, lots of things getting thrown at you 100 miles an hour. They're going to class to class every 50 minutes, right? It's very fast paced. Now you have had your building blocks, right? Now you have your blocks that you can address. Separately, right? You can talk about learning. You can talk about socials. You can talk about processing. You can talk about self-confidence. All of that will lead up to, you know, well, we learn differently. We have different, you know, abilities. We have different successes, strengths, and weaknesses. And then I think it's a personal choice um, in each family if they actually want to use the formal diagnosis as. Um, the information to tell them, or do they stick to, you know, talking about each individual block, each individual um, area of, of, of concern. I wouldn't say concern, but an area that they've identified as something that they're noticing in themselves different than their peers and going from there, right? So there's really no one approach fits all, but for me, it's my, my recommendations are to take it slow, ask questions right, of, the, of the kids, see what they notice, uh, make sure that we have you know, agreement across caregivers on what the approach is going to be. Because if they ask me one thing or talk to me about one thing, maybe they're gonna talk to my father, grandpa and ask a different question. Well, grandpa needs to know what we're doing, right? What, what to say, what, you know, what is our approach going to be? Um, You know, if he asks Aunt Mary, you know, uh, am I different than other kids? Well, Aunt Mary now will have had, we've all talked about what to talk about, and she can turn around and say, well, what do you mean you're different? Give me an example, and we're back to question and then an answer. So um, again, lots of communication, not just communication directly with our child, but communication across all the caregivers that will be answering the same questions.
1: So I'm curious, Nancy, like, when was the first time you guys talked to Wyatt and used the word autism? When did you have that talk?
2: Um, It was when he was about um, 10, I believe, or 11, that I was trying to explain to him why he had therapists. Um, He was going through a phase of, I don't want teachers, we called them anymore, um, and really rebelling against having ABA. And I told him he needed extra help because he was like, why do I have to have teachers? And I said, you need extra help because you have something called autism, which means that you need a little help in some of these areas. It doesn't mean you're less than. It just means you're different than some, the way some people are. And so I, I kind of came at it from that perspective.
1: We were a little bit different. I had I heard of a... Right after Jem was diagnosed, I heard of someone who had waited to tell their child and he was like four. So he was little, little, little. And one of the other kids at school um, told him, but told him with very negative language. And that just sent me spinning. Right. And I was determined that I was going to fill him with with we were going to normalize that word and we were gonna normalize it as something that's spectacular and like the difference between having blonde hair or brown hair mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. That, and, and that we were gonna do that so that by the time he went to school that he was gonna be sort of Teflon to anything that anybody would say. You know, very idealistic of me and naive. But so we started using the words when he was two and a half. Mm. And, and then I remember by the time he was three three we were we loved American Idol and watched American Idol and I don't know whether it was when he was three or four ish right around there was when James Durbin was on American Idol and every time James Durbin would be on I would say oh look there's James James has the same name as you and look he's so talented don't we like and we danced to James Durbin and and i would go James is so fabulous and, and James is a good singer and he plays the piano and James has autism just like you. Isn't that awesome? You have a lot of things in common with James. And, you know, that was just my thing constantly. So when we finally got to meet James Durbin, you know, you know, Nancy, I just like sobbed and I was like, I used right. you as the role model for
2: my son for a long right. time. We had him you on know? this show about seven years ago.
1: Yeah. And, but it was a thing, you know, it was like, Cause you know what I remember? I remember Whoopi Goldberg talking about the fact that when she was a little girl, she lost. She saw Lieutenant Uhuro on Star Trek, mm-hmm. and she was like, "There, she is like me, and I am like her, and everything she can do, I can do." And and I and I wanted that same thing for my son. I wanted him to see people who were capable, and respected, and revered. And autism was just. A part of, so by the time he went to kindergarten, we had written a children's, like a social story, like you had a social story for Wyatt. We had one that was just about, and it's called, my name is Jem and I have autism. And it was a, it's a whole thing of, I have a backpack and I have parents and I have a video game and I have a tambourine and I have autism. And it's just one of the many things that I have. And sometimes people with autism are young and sometimes they're old and sometimes they can talk and sometimes they can't. And it's just a thing. Um, so I didn't have to have that big talk. I sort of bypassed it like really early. Um, so I've all this information though, for parents, Vince, about, um, you know, making sure that you have agreement about it, but I think it's super important to that thing that you were talking about. It's just a difference. It's not a less than it's not a more than it's not a get out of literally jail free card. Um, it's, you know. And then the person who explained it to me and said it's the difference between a Mac and a PC.
0: Right, that's a great analogy.
1: Yeah, and that you, you can make a Mac do the things that PCs do with apps, um, but but they are still processing things in a different way. So, um,
0: I, like I love that. it. I love that. Yeah. And I think that's the and again looking at the other spec or the other end right I was talking about the older kids you know that that might just be coming aware that there's differences to in instituting this very early on throughout their entire treatment plan, which I think is wonderful the way both of you guys were doing it is great Ta- again, it wasn't a one time I did my checklist I told him about it I'm done. Right. This is an ongoing acceptance, identification, not a problem, you know, and, and you, you have these abilities and powers and uniquenesses that make you stronger um, than the next, you know, different than the next, awesomer than the next. And, you know, and so forth. And, it's, and, it, and that is a constant learning opportunity for them and self-esteem raising opportunity for them throughout their entire treatment plan. I think that's wonderful.
1: I just want to address some of the things that people are writing in. And some of it is about the previous conversation that we were having. Uh, one person who I just adore said, I had to do my own research and that is when I found Autism Live skills, Shannon, Dr. Adele, Dr. Nadowski, um, Dr. Tarbox and of course, Dr. Grand And then I went to work and now I'm an RBT and eventually I will get my BCABA. I can't promise anything further than that now with three special needs kids but we're we're sending you love and hugs because you're unbelievable isn't that amazing
0: that's fantastic
1: yeah and another person who said i was fighting with specialists for around four to five years for my daughter to be diagnosed because according to them she was copying her brother even when i knew they didn't interact my daughter was struggling in school even getting suspended When she was finally diagnosed, I struggled with blaming myself and blaming the doctors. I wasted one more year, but now she's thriving. A, B on a roll, and now I'm looking forward to the future. And in my son's case, ABA has been a great improvement for him. I do struggle a lot, but lately our good... S-J days, I don't know what that means, Our good S, I don't know which what that means, exceed the days we struggle, and he was diagnosed at two. So sending you a hug. Uh, Disha says, hi, Shannon. And she says, I'm continuously talking to my son, but he is not understanding things. He doesn't know the concept of yes and no. What can we do in such a case? He's 3.7 years old. Um, vince do you I, I mean i'm sure nancy and i would recommend aba mm-hmm.
0: yeah oh absolutely well of course I mean, if, if we're talking about talking to him about his differences or are we talking about the type you know what services resources that they should that, that's, that's into.
1: interesting i i because she goes on to say he doesn't know the concept of yes and no I think it's just a general question that she talks to him and he doesn't seem to understand things that the receptive language isn't there. Um, But in either case, if you've got somebody who is three, you know, three and a half and doesn't know the concept of yes and no, ABA can absolutely help there.
0: Absolutely, and help in many different ways, right? Going back to your receptive, expressive language, vocal, non-vocal, you know, communicating. There's a lot of communication, you know, uh, uh, language development, you know, behavioral language development. That is absolutely something that ABA really, really strives on. I mean, our, our you know, verbal behavior, you know, curriculum in all, across all ABA disciplines, I'm not just saying CARD in particular. Um, are aimed at functional language, functional understanding of language, functional usage of language, you know, making sure that they understand how to ask for things, how to label things, how to interact with other people appropriately. Um, That's something that starts at a very young age, right? And it's not too late. And it's, you know, something that actually really should be addressed immediately.
1: Yeah. And for people who are watching and, um, you know, maybe you're new to the show or you don't know ABA, uh, you know, we want to start out by telling you that a, a great place to go to start, um, near and dear to my heart and I think to Nancy's heart as well, go to www.centerforautism.com and look under the locations tab. First of all, to see if CARD is available and has offices close to you you will see that there's what Vince, like 260 offices. So if you're in the United States, there might be an office that's close to you. If there isn't a card office that's close to you, I would encourage you to look for a quality ABA program that is close to you. You can just Google ABA um, for autism. You don't want just ABA, you want ABA for autism um, and, and put the name of your city. And there are a couple of directories, like I think Autism Speaks, but it's not necessarily up to date. Um, I, but I would recommend card first. And that's just a reality. Um, cause that's what my son had. And, uh, you know, that's what I want you to have, but there are other good quality ABA providers that are out there as well. That's important. If you find that there isn't an ABA provider near you, cause I know many of you are writing in from other countries and you may not have those resources available to you. I want to make sure that you know about a, a website called skills for autism, it's www.skillsforautism. And if you go there, it's the entire curriculum of of what they do at CARD and it's available. It's a subscription that you can be working on the same things with your children that Nancy and I had working with our kids. And if you wanna know how to do those lessons, you wanna get trained like the other mom who's saying that she's an RBT and and gonna be a BCA BA, I don't think I have the letters right, but you know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) But um, there is a website where you can train online and it's very inexpensive compared to anything educational, right? Um, It's called iBehavioraltraining.com. It's the Institute for Behavioral Training. And you can actually do the coursework online to be a registered behavior technician or a board certified autism technician in about 40 hours, there's more to get the actual certificate offline. Um, but the, I think the cost of it is, if you do the whole thing, it's right around $400. If you call them and tell them that you're friends with me and that you want the friends and family discount, I think it's a 10% discount they give you. So drop my name, because um, I love it when when people learn. Learning is a great thing. Um, so, but get, if you, if you have something that isn't working, and and something you see, a skill that you want your child to do, or a challenging behavior that your ch- child is having that's preventing them and you from living your best life, please seek out ABA. That is the gold standard for treatment, and here in the United States, all fifty states have mandates now for insurance to cover it. Um, so please get yourself that help. Now we've got a few more minutes left. I can't believe that took that long, but um, but that's important. Uh, we, we did have a lot of people writing in this week, Vince. Tomorrow we're having the virtual memorial for our good friend Joanne Laura. And we hope that everybody will join us at that. It's free and it's online and everybody can um, come to that. We've got many parents writing in and saying they don't know how to explain death and specifically Joanne's death to her students, to their children. Um, and asking, how do, you, how do you explain this to our kids?
0: And I think a lot of that obviously has to do with their level of understanding of things, right? So the way we would, we would talk to, say, a preschool or a kindergarten to someone who's, you know, to a young adult or, or a teen would be completely different. But I think the, the idea is talking about life cycles, right? Talk how much And also how, uh, uh, you know, connected to the person who's passed away as well. Right? I mean, it might be diff- completely different from a parent than from an extended family member or a, a neighbor or a friend that they don't have a, a, a real tight emotional connection to. But talking to them about life cycles, talking to them about um, you know the, the uh, birth, living, dying, it's part of a life cycle, it's part of every living organism's life cycle. Um, Using each family's individual religious beliefs is important, right? Um, if you're getting support with this or your ABA agency, make sure you talk to them about the re- your religious beliefs. What do we believe? Do they go to heaven? Do they go to another place? Do they, do they, is there rebirth? Is there, you know, we want to support your belief in, the, in, in your families to make sure that the, the child understands the religious connotations to death right, or into rebirth, Um, you know. um, So there are a lot of different points. I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but it is a very serious, you know, uh, uh, subject that comes up, you know, and it's going to continue to come up over different phases of their life. So we address it a little bit differently depending on what developmental stage they're in. But, um, you know, younger kids, we talk more about life cycles and permanency. The older kids, it's a little bit more of emotional, um, you know, what are you going to miss? What, are you, what, mem- what good memories did you have? Um, and looking at, you know, having them process the actual grief that they would be feeling, as well as what would be something that they can do uh, to c- celebrate that person in like the Memorial tomorrow is a great example. You know, We're celebrating because they were great people and they loved everybody and this is what we do. It's like a birthday party. We do that for people that are living. This is what we do when they pass. You know, when yeah. we make it a positive experience for them which will help them process their grief.
1: And that's so helpful Vince thank you so much because I know a lot of people have been asking for that we're almost out of time and we have a couple of more things uh, Michelle has written in and said have a safe week uh, somebody said I had to talk to my daughter about the diagnosis uh, right after she was diagnosed at seven her classmates were calling her names like weird and I do think that um, you know unfortunately the world I think if we could do it any way we want to it might be different but the world is going to say things to your child about being different, and man, I want to change that, but that is a thing. Um, but then, uh, really quickly, uh, we to fact- change the
0: definition, change the power of that word. Yes, uh, you're weird. I'm wonderfully weird. Yeah, it's fantastic.
2: Celebrate! I'm not, I, I'm not right. like
0: the. I'm not like that person. I am different. I am wonderful. I'm mm-hmm. wonderfully weird. You know, and if we change the definition of that. It's, yeah. not as, it's not as powerful, it's not as painful as you know the, the other child might intend it to be, which means then it becomes non-functional and they'll stop doing it.
1: Thank you so much for that, Vince. Um, and just as we uh, get ready to part here, I wanna say to Johanny, who's written in about uh, a language thing, the word you're looking for is intraverbal. That's the word you're looking for. And um, and I just want to remind you that I have offered to do uh, a skills uh, run through with you personally, one-to-one. All you have to do is email me, and I'm happy to set that up um, so that we can do that. I, like Vince, I want to thank you. Terms. What's
0: that? <laughs> I said, I love it. The official terms.
1: <laughs> yeah. She was like, I, I want to know what's the thing when, you know, and, I, and that's it. It's intraverbal. Interver- interverbal is what that's you're awesome. looking for. Um, And there are lots of lessons in skills to help our kids get to interverbal. And and I I see a lot of times that this is very typical that, that students will learn things and they'll learn labels. And parents will write in and say to us, okay, so my child can label all these things, but we are not yet at conversation where they can take the words that they know and put them in a sentence. That's what you want is you want to get them to interverbals. So, um, but that can absolutely be worked on and it's a phase and all kids go through that, even ones who don't have autism. So um, that can be worked on. I wanna thank both of you for being here, Nancy and Vince, and we didn't get through half of what we said we were gonna talk about, but I think we talked about what was important today so, yeah. um, so that's always, you know, I'm like, wow, well, let's do that. Um, but thank you guys so much for being here. Vince, um, where, is there a place that you like to give out to, if people need to reach out to you, you don't they have to. Can,
0: yeah, no, of course they can email me at v.redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D, just my name at centerforautism.com.
1: Wonderful. And if you need to get a hold of me, other than through the chat, you can always reach me at s.penrod at autism-live.com. And if you need to get a hold of Nancy, send it to me and
2: I'll send it to her. And Let's remind everybody about the memorial service tomorrow. It's a good way for kids to also process by seeing a celebration of, of Joanne Laura's life.
1: Yeah. And normally we would be meeting in person, but since that is impossible right now, not here in Southern California, we're having it virtually. Now here's the benefit is that everybody around the world can come to this um, virtual celebration of her life. It starts at 1030 Pacific time. So that's 1:30 Eastern time. And then I know a lot of you are watching. I, I cannot, I know that we talked about, we wanted to make sure because she had a lot of Um, friends and students in India. And so I believe that means that it's at 11pm at night in India. But that's the only other time zone that I'm fairly certain of because we were trying to hit a time where we could hit as many time zones as possible. Um, At that time, and you can, what happens is that you'll register because there's a password to get in. There's no cost. But on our Facebook, you'll see there's a post, find the link where you go to register. You'll get an email and in the email, there'll be a link and a password. That's what you need to get on. Uh, We will open the doors to the room 15 minutes beforehand so that everybody can come in and get a virtual seat. And uh, we have some music that Joanne had picked out to play during that time. Then there will be a program that's approximately 45 to 50 minutes long. We've got some amazing people, Ed Asner, Joe Mantegna, Chuck Saffler, uh, Dr. Temple Grandin, Dr. Stephen Shore, uh, Dr. Pichet. Um, these are the people who are going to be uh, speaking briefly and a couple of musical performances and some videos of uh, pictures of Joanne's life, again, with music that she chose and one new song that was written for her by a Grammy nominated artist that literally takes my breath away. Nancy's heard it. Did it not take your it's breath away? Really? amazing.
2: An amazing song. What a tribute.
1: Right, and then at the very, so once the program is over, we're gonna open it up to the everybody, all the viewers, all the people that are there watching and you'll have an opportunity to raise your hand and have your mic um, be made hot so that you can give a remembrance of Joanne. We're asking that those be two minutes or less because we think that there'll be a lot of people um, and uh, Traven and I are gonna be, you know, running the technical elements of it. We're gonna stay until everybody's had an opportunity to say, and that might take hours. Um, but if your kiddo wants to say something, um, you know, you just have to be patient because I'm sure that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to want to say something. But um, we're going to be there and celebrating Joanne's life. We are thanking already the internet for working to, for tomorrow. I was told that that's what I needed to say instead of saying <laughs> I hope it works. Saying thank you for good inter- internet tomorrow. Thank you. We appreciate the good internet signal for everyone to be able to see all that we have planned for you to see and hear. It touches my heart greatly how much everybody has um, been on board and said, you know, what an amazing lady Joanne was and we wanna remember her. So that is tomorrow, 10.30 Pacific time. Please do the math where you are, but please register for um, the, it's, it's a webinar format. Um, so we're, we're looking forward to being there with you. And I thank you guys, um, for everything. And you guys have been amazing rocks for me in these last two weeks. Uh, cause I know Joanne, jo- jo- Joanne was a really good friend of yours, Nancy. And, yeah. and Vince, you have been so helpful and supportive. I've really appreciated you. Anytime, anytime. All right, we're out of time. We're, we're past okay. time, but thank you guys. We're going to be back on Monday. Bonnie Yates, special education attorney will be with us on Monday. And by the way, on Monday, I'm going to be on um, a radio show, uh, uh radio show. I can't pronounce her last name. Don't ask me to. Uh, but that's also posted uh, on our page as well. If you want to tune in to hear me be interviewed, I'm going to, I'm going to be on the other side of the table on Monday afternoon. All right. What's that?
0: I said a new seat for
1: you. <laughs> yeah, new seat for me uh, to be on the other side. Watch, I'll end up uh, in asking her questions because I don't know Is how to do Swothy that Swathy of Jewelry fame? Yes, Siri's mom. She has her own radio show. and um, does
2: or, or Siri?
1: Swathi has, the mom has okay. her own radio show. Great. Um, so, and I've been on it before, but it's been a while. So it's a big honor to be back on it. All right, you guys, we got to go, um, but we'll be back on Monday. Until then, give your, well, we'll be back tomorrow. But until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you and, too. And Bye. yourself
2: a hug for me. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks. Hannah.